Would you close your eyes? You've probably said this prayer a bazillion times. Let's say it together. Our Father, which art in heaven. Go ahead. Hallowed. Yeah, I grew up Methodist, so that was something we said every single Sunday. Um, full disclosure, my favorite part was hearing the entire church try to say S's together. That was awesome. Then I went to other churches that didn't say trespass, they said debts, and so it got really quiet at that part because nobody's quite sure which word to say. We, we've probably all heard that prayer so many times, and so this morning, you know what you don't need? You know what we don't need? We don't need another sermon on, on that prayer. We just need to do that prayer. And so that's what we're going to do this morning. So all the introverts, take a deep breath and hold it until you pass out. You'll feel better. Jesus is speaking in John 13, 17. I don't know if you ever use these note cards to take notes with, but on the back we put this verse because church is not about information. Church is about transformation. And so here's what Jesus said in John 13, 17. Now that you know these things, do you know what we just proved? We just proved that most of us know the Lord's Prayer. Is that fair to say? At least enough to stumble through it, especially if we're in a crowd, right? Because they can make up for the parts we don't know. But we probably know it enough. And Jesus says, now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. Right? It's not about information. It's about participation and transformation. So this morning, here's what's going to happen. Um, I'm not going to teach you on Matthew 5, verses 9 through 15. We're going to actually do it. Okay, so everybody take a deep breath. Get Kind of get yourself limbered up. You're going to get in groups this morning, and I'm going to walk you through this prayer. And here's why. Because we're going to live out the very first two words of this prayer. When the, when the disciples wanted to know how to pray, Jesus said, this is how you should pray. And he said two words. He said, our Father. And, man, as I've been studying for this today, here's what, what just lit me up on the inside. I don't know why I've never noticed this before, but there's not one single personal pronoun in this prayer. Not give me my bread. Not, it's our Father. And give us our daily bread. And lead us not into temptation. And, and it just convicted me of how we have taken prayer and made it so private that we never do it in community. When the very prayer that he taught us how to pray is all about community. Now, I'm not saying that we can't pray to God on our own. Jesus withdrew to lonely places and he prayed for sure. But when he was teaching his disciples how to pray, when he gave them a model of how to pray, he said, do it in community. At the end of this prayer, he's going to talk about how forgiveness will either open the door for God's answer or close the door for God's answer. And that only happens in community. You see what I'm saying? This is all about community. And I got so convicted thinking about how I'm going to stand on this platform and teach y'all about a prayer that is about 
y'all. We're supposed to be together when we pray this. And so um, I, I recognize extroverts and introverts. That's a very real thing. And extroverts love to get in groups because they love to talk all the time. If you're married to an extrovert, just feel free to like do that right now. So, you know, they love to talk all the time. And introverts love to let extroverts talk all the time. Can I get an amen from the introverts? The softest amen ever, right? Amen. So this morning for some of us, just standing up and holding hands in a circle is living out the prayer. Because you're going to be in an hour circle. And you might hear other people pray. You don't have to pray out loud. I'm not going to make anybody do that. But we are going to do what Jesus told us to do. Okay? Now, I'm going to give you four quick things. If you come to corporate prayer on Wednesday night, you already know these. But these come right out of this, this prayer. Okay? Four things that Jesus wants us to include when we pray. We'll show them to you on the screen, and then we're going to walk through them. Here's the first one. When we pray, we praise. He said, our Father, hallowed be your name, which means holy. He's praising God. He's praising God. We always include praise when we pray. When we pray, we repent. Now, I don't know what you think repentance is, right? Like sackcloth, ashes, whatever, beating yourself up. But, but I think repentance at its core is recognizing that when we praise God and tell him how great he is, we immediately realize how great we aren't. I mean, isn't that kind of the way it is? Not like, oh, I'm the worst person on the planet, but just I'm not God. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're not God. You should have said that with more conviction, right? That was your chance. That was your chance, y'all. We're not God. And so when we begin to exalt him, have you ever been in a service where people just started just telling God how great he was? Maybe they started reading scripture out of Revelation about how high and exalted he is. And the more that we read about who God was, the more aware you were of who you were, right? Hey, can we throw that, that big idea up there? This is just what prayer is. Prayer is bringing who you are, who we are, to who God is and allowing who God is to change who we are. That's prayer. That's relationship, right? So many times what we do in prayer is we don't even think about who God is. We just start listing all of our stuff. But true prayer is bringing who we are to who God is and allowing who God is to change who we are. That's prayer. So when you start with praise, what you're doing is you're saying, okay, God, I see who you are. And I'm bringing who I am to that. And, I'm, and I repent for who I am in light of who you are. What did Isaiah say in chapter 6? I see the Lord high and lifted up, right? And he said, and I, but the first thing he thought was, woe is me. I'm an unclean man with unclean lips. When we see God for who he is, it, it helps us see who we are, right? It doesn't stop there. What's, we praise, we repent, and then we ask. When we pray, we ask. He, he starts saying, like, give us daily bread. Lead us not to temptation. He, he starts praying for things that he needs, that their people need. He, he wants us to pray. When's the last time you prayed prayers that would change other people as well as you? And I don't mean prayers like, 
My husband's a jerk. Fix him, you know. But just you prayed prayers that would impact a community. Sometimes our prayers are so us-centered. But he wants us to pray prayers that would affect a community. So we ask. And then the last thing we do, man, when we pray, and if you don't do this, you're missing the most powerful part of prayer. We, we yield. At the end of everything we say to God, you're holy and I'm not. I need stuff. You can provide it. At the end of everything we ask of God, we have to end with, but Lord, have your way. It's not about me, God. It's you. Have your way. Jesus prayed that in the garden, right? I mean, he's Jesus, right? And he said, not my way, your way. Your will be done. So every single prayer, every single time we're hanging out with God, it's got to end with that. We have to yield who we are and everything that we want, everything we've told him, everything. I can't tell you how many times we stand in the back in this green room that's actually gray, and we pray before we come out to the service. And somebody will pray some form of this kind of a prayer that just says, hey, God, we've done, our, we've done what, we, what we could do. We've prepared a, a set list. I've prepared a message. We've done what we can do, but this is your deal. It's your show. It's your moment. And so if you want to use what we've prepared, great. And if you don't, oh, God, help. But we'll listen, right? Like we want to yield. What we, so we take all that we have and we just yield. And I don't know if you know this or not, but it spells pray. Did you notice that as we went through it, P-R-A-Y? Because this just helps me, right? There's a lot of ways to remember how to pray, but this just helps me. So when I think of, hey, God, I want to hang out and pray with you, praise, repent, ask, yield. Praise, repent, ask, yield. So, let's do it. This is the part of the message that's either going to be really good or it's going to stink, right? Because this is about us. So here's what I'm going to have you do. I'm going to just say, I don't know what group number is a good size, but how about 10? Can we get in groups of 10? You're going to have to stand up. If, by the way, if you're here for the first time, welcome to church. I'm not even joking. Like, church is not one person talking to a bunch of people. Church is us doing this together. And I know that this is uncomfortable because in America, we come to church to sit alone and face forward. So just where you are, like, just find 10 people. Just make a circle. If it's 15, that's fine, too. Introduce yourselves. You may not know who those people are. Keep the talking to a low roar. Okay, everybody got their circles? You're doing great. We're going to wait. Let's make sure everybody's in a circle. It's completely okay to be in a group of people that you know, so you feel somewhat comfortable, okay? You're going to be holding that hand for a little bit. So far, so good. You're doing great, y'all. Hey, check this out. Can you imagine people this week listening to the podcast? They're like, what's happening right now in church? This is the weirdest sermon ever. Okay, now, before we go any farther, are you, you holding hands? Go ahead, close that circle up. Everybody say, our. You've already lived out the first word of the, of the prayer. And listen, I'm not making light of this. For a lot of us in the room, this is a huge step. We have so made our faith 
so private. We don't share with anybody. We kind of do our Jesus thing on our own. We come to church, and we think that we're doing it with other people because they're in the room, but honestly, we're just alone in the room. And we have so shut people out of our walk. And the, the kingdom of God is community. It is community. So if you're feeling a little bit uncomfortable, like how long is he going to talk while I'm holding this person's hand, it's okay. It's okay, all right? It's okay. This is not like any church service you've ever been a part of. But just think of it like this. You might not be able to make it to corporate prayer on Wednesday nights. But today, you're part of corporate prayer. Right? We're living it out right here. So our Father, look around the circle. My guess is the people in that circle probably love Jesus like you do. It's possible. Listen, it's possible that you're here today and you don't love Jesus and you're in a circle right now with people who love Jesus and you don't. It's okay. All right, you just kind of you're like when um, when Sydney would have friends over to the house, and like I remember one time she had a friend named Jackson, and she told people that I was Jackson's dad, which in a small town can cause a lot of stuff, right? And I was like, uh, no, I'm not Jackson's dad. I'm not Jackson's dad, right? But she didn't have a context. Her thought, her context was, well, like he's my friend, and I'm your daughter, so you're his dad. So if you're here today and you're not a believer, you're not following Jesus, and you find yourself in a circle, just hang out with our dad, okay? You're completely welcome here. You don't have to pray. Just hang out with our dad, all right? You have a father. Just look across the circle. Look across the circle. Your father is the same father of that person if you're in Christ. Our father. Our father. This would be a good time, if you don't know somebody's name, to ask them their name. I'm going to give you two minutes to do that. Just keep it low like so people can hear. But just introduce yourself to the group, okay? All right. Everybody get to say their name? I was just talking to this group over here about how impressed I was that they held hands all the way through that. And then um, Michelle was like, Paul, you know, like, coronavirus is a real thing, right? And my answer was, I ain't scared because I wash my hands. So, so the first thing we're going to pray for is protection, healing. <laughs> we'll get to that, okay? We'll get to that. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to praise God. We're going to praise God. Now, what does praising God mean? How do you do that? Anybody know? <laughs> Somebody said, yeah, you praise God. I mean, so what does that look like? Like you say things, right? Um, you ever praise somebody else? If you, how many of you are um, bosses? If, you're, if your employees do something good, what do you say? Good job, right? So you could literally right now say, good job, God, and that's praise. Right? So what I want to challenge you to do is everything that you do horizontally with people, 
you can actually do vertically with God because that's where it came from. That's where it came from. The reason that you know how to praise your employees is because you were created to praise God. So don't make it weird because you're talking to God, okay? Don't make it weird. Now, if you want to close your eyes, you can. And I'm just going to give you a few minutes just to start to praise God. If you want to do it out loud, that's cool. I think there's a lot of power in doing it out loud because people that are next to you hear what you say, and then they're like, oh, dude, snap, that was good. And then they start saying something, right? There's a lot of power in that. You don't have to do the circle prayer like, you know, squeeze my hand to the left if I'm done. The beautiful thing about God is he can actually understand all of you at the same time if you're all talking at the same time. I can't, but he can, okay? So I'm going to give you one minute just to praise God, and at the end of that minute, I'm going to read some things that we can praise God for. You ready? Go. Keep going. 30 more seconds. Come on. It's not weird just because it's God. Just talk to him. Just talk to him. Yeah, our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name, God. So we praise you. We praise you for for being God, for being good, for being all-powerful, for being all-knowing, for being love, for being our provider, our peace, for being unchanging, for being just, for being holy, for being a healer, even of the coronavirus, for being merciful, for being sovereign, for being wise for being merciful, for being a saving God. Can somebody in the room thank him for being a saving God? God, for saving me. And as I stand in this circle with people that you've also saved, I recognize that you have saved us. You are our Father, and we thank you for it, God. Now, you're part of a family, right? So you can let go of that hand and wipe the sweat off onto your jeans. It's okay. Um, Shoo! Good job, y'all. <laughs> That's that that prayer sweat is real, isn't it? It's crazy, right? It's crazy. Okay, so so when we pray, we praise, right? And then when we pray, we also repent. And so I'm going to give you some time to repent. Now, the crazy thing is, if you've ever repented, then you've probably done it alone in your house, or maybe you went to an altar to repent and you wanted to be alone, but the pastor didn't let you, right? We tend to think of repentance, and the reason why I'm saying this, this is so, it's so beautiful how God does this in family, is we think of repentance as an individual thing because we've attached shame to it. We feel ashamed that we have to repent, and what I would like to help you see today is that repentance is a normal part of being a believer. Because every day, 
you're not God. Right? So every time we pray to God, we're always going to be reminded that we're not him. And so we're always going to need to repent. Because I don't know how you are during your day, but I know for me, let somebody pull out in front of me in traffic, and I will become God. Right? I will take the speed limit into my own hands. Um, I will rev the engine. I will pull up next to them. I won't, I won't flip them off because I'm a, I'm a believer. But I will stare them down with a death stare. Right? I mean, I will let them. I'll be like, you know, I will let them have it. And in my head, I'm saying and doing things I probably shouldn't be saying and doing. Right? So the point here is don't let, don't let the enemy attach shame to repentance. Repentance is just us saying, God, you're God and I'm not. Now, sometimes... There are specific things that he'll bring to our mind that we need to repent for, right? And I can't tell you what those are for you. I, I, can, I wrote down, like, I think we need to repent for our sins. He said, forgive us our debts. That's me saying, God, you're reminding me of my debts, like of my trespasses, the ways that I've fallen. So forgive me for that. I repent of that. And then he said that we're supposed to forgive others too, right? And I think that means we need to ask God, to re- we need to repent of our pride. Because sometimes our pride doesn't want to forgive people. We like to hold on to what they did to us so we have the upper hand, right? So, so if nothing else, in the next minute, and this will be probably a little quieter. I can't imagine all of you be like, Lord, forgive me for porn. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not expecting that, right? I'm not expecting. So, I mean, you might. I mean, I, I know people who are so passionately in love with Jesus, like they will just list their sins. And I'll tell you this. Every revival that's ever happened in the world, it's always accompanied by the same two things. You know what they are? Worship and repentance. Every revival. Every, I know of a revival that broke out at a Christian college, and they had to cancel class because the line was out the door in chapel to get to the microphone to confess their sins to their brothers and sisters. Every revival is accompanied by worship and repentance. Every revival. So if you feel like you'd like to pray out loud about stuff like that, that's totally between you and God. I'm saying we don't, I'm not expecting that of you today, but I am expecting you to hold the hands of the people in your circle and together to repent. It doesn't mean you have to pray the same prayer at the same time. I just want you to be holding hands as you're repenting. Learn how to make repentance a family thing. Does that make sense? Okay? Now you can whisper it. You can pray it in your head. But I just want you to be standing there. As you repent, you got a minute, okay, a minute just to take, take some time and just to say, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me, Lord. And then forgive me for, for not wanting to forgive others. You just take a minute and do that, and then I'll close this out.
God, what an honor it is to stand in a circle with brothers and sisters to talk to our Father. And in this place, God, where we see you high and lifted up, to recognize that you are also a merciful forgiver of sin. We thank you that right now, God, in these circles, we realize that we're not alone. Forgive us our trespasses. Everybody in the circle that I'm standing in has trespasses. Everyone in the circle needs to repent. It's not something that's unique to me. I'm not the only one. And there could be people in this circle that I also need to forgive. And so God, help me to do that. Forgive me of the pride of wanting to hold that against them when you so clearly said to forgive. Yeah. When we pray, we, we praise and we repent. And then now we're going to get to the third part. This is where all the talking will happen. Because this is what we're most used to, right? We ask. And I want you to know this, because there's no condemnation in Christ. There's nothing wrong with asking God for things, right? Um, how many of you have, have kids, and as they were younger, they would just ask you stuff, right? Um, I think Tim Keller, is, he's a, a famous preacher. He's the one that said this first. Um, the only one who has the courage to, to dare to ask a king for water at 3 in the morning is a child, Right? Hebrews, Hebrews 4, 14 and 16 says this, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. Some translations say boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So I don't want you to ask like, God, if it's okay, ask boldly. Come boldly before the throne. And this is the part where you want to lay out to him things that you need, but I want you to recognize the context, right? The context that we're asking him is the context of his name, his kingdom, and his will, right? So even at, that's why that yielding thing is going to be so important because you're going to ask him, like, God, help me with my stuff. Help me with my stuff. And that's a good thing, but it's all in the context of his kingdom, his will, his name, right? So take, take a minute or two and just begin to ask. By the way, you've been standing for a while. If somebody in your group needs to sit down, just make like, slide towards a chair so they can do that. It's okay. But just take some time right now and ask God. Don't share with one another. Ask God for the things that you need. Go ahead.
Ask him for your daily bread, what you need every day. Ask him for that. Don't ask him for next year. Just ask him for what you need today. God, thanks for being a father to us and for being attentive to our needs. And that's a big statement. You're the father who is attentive to our needs. You're not like me. You know, I got three children, and sometimes, like, if they were all asking at the same time, my attention gets divided. I can't keep up. But here we are in a room full of people all asking you for things that we need, and you are our father, and you're able to give us what we need. And we thank you for that, Lord. I thank you that you are a God who gives good things. Every good and perfect gift comes from you. And we thank you for it, Lord. Last thing is we yield. So, you know, the beauty of community is you can let go of that hand, wipe that sweat off again. That prayer sweat gets real, doesn't it? Some of you are like, whew, thank goodness, right? The beauty, again, the podcast this week, they're going to be like, prayer sweat, what? What is that? Um, the beauty of community is, this is why yielding is so important. When you stand in a circle like this, when you pray in community, the, the Lord's Prayer, when you start to voice your need, and I heard some of you doing that, when, you're, when you voice your need out loud, guess who hears it? God. Who else? The people in your circle. I've been in prayer meetings where I heard somebody pray, and the first thing I thought was, huh, I've got that. I've got their answer. And if they had just been like, they're still praying in their head to God, and I guess God could then like come to me and go, in my head, give it to them, but just saying it out loud in community. Like, the community sometimes has your, has your answer. Like, oh, God, we just, we just lost our whatever, and we have no money. And everybody in your community is like, holy cow, I just got a bonus. Are you kidding me? I, got, I, can, I can help with that. But the only way that's going to happen is this last step, right? If we yield, if we yield. And so I want us to take some time at the end here to yield. And here's what you're yielding to. You're yielding to God's leading. He said, lead us not into temptation. You're yielding to his protection. Deliver us from evil. And you're yielding to his plan. Whose plan? His plan. Yours is the kingdom. Not my kingdom, right? Yours is the kingdom. Listen to this statement. Um, hold on, let me find it. The important thing about prayer is not simply getting an answer, but being the kind of person whom God can trust with an answer. That's what yielding does. Okay, God, I've laid it all out on the table. You know, you know what I need. You know how I feel about you, how I feel about myself. But this is the part where I just want to yield to you. So here's how this is going to happen. You're going to have a minute to do that. 
just to yield out loud. Say something out loud to God like, hey, it's not hard. Like just if nothing else, if you can't think of anything else, just say this. Hey, God, I yield. Just say that. Or your will be done, not my will, right? Everybody wants to say that's not a spiritual prayer. Jesus prayed it in the garden, y'all. If he prayed it, I'm going to pray it, right? So not my will, but your will be done. And just yield. And then as you finish that, we're going to play a song that I heard this past week. Oh, my gosh, just the perfect song for today. And you're not going to know it probably, but you'll learn it. It's really simple. And you don't have to sing it if you don't want to, but I want you to hear the words, okay? Hear the words. And then the band's going to come up during that song, and they're going to close this out as well. So you've got some time here to yield. Go ahead and grab hands. You've got a minute or so in your circle just to yield. Just say the words out loud. God, I yield to you. We yield. We yield. Our church yields to you, God. Whatever you would have us do, we'll do. We don't want to just do things because that's what we think we're supposed to do. We want to hear from you and yield to you, to your will, to your way. Take my hand, God, and lead me. I trust you. Lead us as a body, a family. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. God, of all the things that we prayed, please hear our heart when we say this, God. It's not about our kingdom. It's not about our church. It's not about our family. It's about you and your kingdom. Your kingdom come. For this is your kingdom, your power, and your glory. And we yield to you. And when that song starts to play, I just want to give you the freedom to just be with the Lord, right? You don't have to hold hands all the way through the song. You might want to come to the altar, kneel, just find a place with the Lord and yield yourself to him.